Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Bad Batch Report. The alarms are going off. A storm is coming. Or perhaps uh, my table at TGI Fridays is ready. And that little thing is vibrating in my hand in the mall. It's one of the two things that's happening. (laughs) Totally totally is. All of it. All of it. Uh, You highlighted one of the great moments of this episode. I can't wait uh, to celebrate the comedy and the horror happening in in one big weird space horn blow. Uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making the mouth noises is Ken Namsock, and we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 13 of The Bad Batch. It is entitled 
Pabu. Uh, the titles were released quite a while back, and some of them were like, ooh, Clone Conspiracy, what's that about? Pabu, is that a restaurant? What is that? A, a new <laughs> martial art form that Wrecker's going to learn? Who, who knows? And we got to discover what Pabu is. Uh, well, for one thing, it was written by Amanda Rose Munoz. It was directed by Stuart Lee and uh, continuing story editor credit to Matt Machenovitz. Ken, what was your viewing experience? My viewing experience was, oh, oh no, we got to get uh, homework. We got to get these done because these screeners that we, uh, I know, again, we say every week we're fortunate to have, and we really mean that, but um, uh, we have them and, and we had to watch them ahead and they had a timer on them. It was a ticking clock, like a third act in a screenplay. <laughs> and I watched, uh, did a first viewing of these two episodes and loved them. And it was like, great, I'll, I'll come back. I didn't realize, and you were, you were the one who wonderfully pointed out earlier, Joseph, hey, we have, we have to like Sunday. I didn't know it was 9 a.m. Sunday until Saturday mm. afternoon. And I was like, well, there's my Sunday afternoon plans gone awry. I get I need to do this now. So I had I had a little tension to it, which ended up being kind of like the Pabu episode. It was <laughs> a wave coming at me. And so I think that added to the tension. It was relaxing and calm until it wasn't. Uh yeah, I agree. Exactly uh, very, very lucky to have the screeners, as we say every time, because it's worth saying every time. Uh, the the uh, only uh, like marring of this enjoyment of Bad Batch season two has been this sort of weird uh, trying to make sure that we have time to, to cover it at the same time as The Mandalorian. And it was great to have the screeners because then we could watch them twice. We could take our time. We could pre-record the episode and give Bad Batch all of the attention and love it deserves. Uh, and I had the same experience with these uh, last two episodes that are available to us on screeners before they timed out is this one. I I just was entirely in the mood after our Bad Batch recording last Tuesday, the day we record. And I was like, I'm watching Bad Batch. Uh, and it was uh, I watched it with my lunch. So I had a hummus wrap, some apple slices and deep anxiety. Uh, this is a very anxiety causing episode for me, which we will talk about. Uh, but yeah, then I watched uh, the other episode and then I ran out of time on Saturday. I got up at 6 a.m. No. Oh. <laughs> on Sunday morning, Sunday, March 12th, because they were timing out at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. And I finished desperately scribbling down some notes about, you know, uh, some quotes I wanted to write down for the for episode 14 at 8.59. And then I watched it disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so it really was like this is really nice to have this early access oh anxiety the storm came and it washed away the screeners uh, yeah. but we we're lucky to be able to watch these and uh and absorb them and now we're going to talk about them more so uh this is the first time that we have seen the next episode we've seen episode 14 uh we're not going to talk about episode 14 obviously we do not want to spoil it uh for anyone but if we do a little less guessing about what happens in the exact next episode, it's because we already know and don't want to ruin it for yeah. anyone listening. So, uh, Ken, going back here to episode 13, Pabu, the episode we're talking about, what was your overall reaction? Love it, like it, struggle with it. Where'd you go? Yeah, so for the first time in a while, my notes are a few days old and they were slightly rushed. So I'm, uh, I'm going to read exactly what I wrote down. Dug it. Second viewing, evacuation is high tension. Amazing what they can do with water now, eh? There you go. That's my take on the episode. No, I evacuation I, is high tension. Uh, that's poetry. <laughs> that's the name of my first uh, book of poems I'm working on. Um, 
I, I so I really like this episode. I really did. And this is Star Wars is a disaster movie, right? Poseidon Adventure, anything from the seventies, a Tower Inferno. It's all of that stuff there. Uh, I I really loved it. I do understand, or I think I'm maybe not understand. I think I'm, I'm I'm bracing for some impact that this episode might spark some of the eh, meh filler, eh, no character development, all these kind of generic critiques I've seen lobbed at the show. And I just, I, th- I think this episode has that vibe of like, hey, we're going off to this island. We're, we're considering a new future. We're going to learn some valuable lessons. And this disaster movie is going to erupt in the middle of it all. Uh, but where's Cody? Where's this? Where's that? And I, I, get, I get it. I get that stuff. But um, I really love that this episode forced me and maybe an audience to slow down. It forced you to look around and take stock of where you are and maybe what you want to do with your life, career path and those around you and the value of treasure, all those things we're talking about in themes. Uh, and then it turned into uh, just an amazing sequence. Um, uh, not that I'm rooting for anyone to, you know, disaster. I'm not rooting for the disaster. Um, <laughs> but it was so it was so well done and <laughs> looks, as we always say, beautiful. But man, what a uh, scary, beautiful! Uh, it's amazing what they can do now, um, and I, I'm there for it. So th- that's my overall view. I, I really dug this episode because it, it it did what I think the show wants you to do at times: slow down and really take a look, take a look around and see where you're at. Yeah, no, I, I agree with uh, that. A uh, ton of what you said. Evacuation is high tension for sure, but tension with purpose, in uh, in my opinion. Uh, just, yeah, visually, absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's so far from the early Clone Wars animated series, which I, which I still love because the, the storytelling shines through, and it was amazing technologically for mm-hmm. its time. But, you know, you watch those early episodes, and some of the animation feels like, we need to show this. Can we get away with it? Mm-hmm. And this now feels like, oh, this isn't about getting away with it this is about showing off (laughs) (laughs) look what we can do with water look how much we can make you feel the the golden hour sunshine on omega's face um this is an absolute triumph of the technology being a tool to help you feel the story to help the the artist tell the story um really felt it in in this episode because you felt satiated (laughs) and happy and calm uh and then you felt terrified uh which you should um i I think i absolutely love this um we are never uh, big on the idea of filler episodes because i think we often find that yep the story is moving forward the character development is moving forward maybe it's not a, a, a hey this happens and a character stands up and goes i've changed and now i'll do this it's it is a little bit more subtle. It is a little bit more uh, uh, slow for the most part, um, but it's always there. And I will, I will, uh, I will deeply defend this episode. I won't attack. I'll be a Jedi. I'll defend against yeah. the the <laughs> infamous F word of filler. Um, I love this because it, it, it does to me what what art should do. It makes you feel if you let it. This one made me feel my own anxieties. Because when they landed and it was great and there wasn't an imminent problem and everything seemed like it was good, obviously, story-wise, there is just the tension of, well, we know this is a story. There's going to be a conflict. Where is it going to come from, right? Um, But it made me feel like this is really nice that they're having a a good time. And it is making me so nervous they're having a good time. I would have... I would have felt less anxiety if they were being attacked by Sidious himself because conflict's happening. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it really, I feel like I do sometimes when I'm on vacation or when I'm suddenly having a good time 
and uh, maybe revealing too much. Like sometimes after like a stressful day, my wife will, will make a nice meal. We'll sit down. We'll really just be enjoying a show. And about 15 minutes in, I have to pause the show and just go to her. It's like, this is okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is okay that, that I'm relaxed and happy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think we're all dealing with a lot of stress under being a lot of tension. And, and you can have that weird sensation of when it's gone, it's almost more tense because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And yeah. this episode made me feel that kind of anxiety in a deep way. And I think it's what the Bad Batch is feeling, too, of like, is this possible? How could this be possible, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it that was not just the story of this episode. It's the ongoing story of the Bad Batch. And it is the brilliance to me of the placement of this episode. We've gone through some extremely dark and difficult episodes, uh, including the outpost, including what the Bad Batch goes through in the Zillow Beast episode. And, uh, you know, the absolute horror from poor Omega of like, it ate the crew. Um, This reinforced this sort of big picture idea of the show that uh, that Tech and Omega discussed explicitly um, in the in the mining episode uh, mm. that there is still light in dark times. There are a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of people taking advantage of other people, but there's still light in dark times. And in Pabu itself is like, hey, look, we we gathered up all these refugees and we have built a place of calm and community and peace. It, it's advocating what what technomega were talking about of like yep but there are people like us too who are who are doing right and helping people so i I think it tied to a lot of the big picture ideas of bad batch which we will get into in more detail um it really picked up on a lot of the specific themes developed throughout the season of explicitly of what is treasure uh who can be trusted uh is it okay if I expand the definition of my identity? Is it okay for me to try new things? Is it okay to be more than just a soldier? All those ideas were at play here. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of big things going on there. And I, I, I'm with you on the tension and, and, and it, you know, it almost is like, yeah, yeah you know, you, you know, you're not watching a, you know, documentary on Pabu and everyone's just going to sit there and have a great time. You know, something's coming, of course, but I, I was, I had empire in my brain. You know, I had, they're going to be found out. I had, and then it, when it, when it was nature, when it was something, something that you almost can't stop, but you must survive. And, and I, I didn't, I admit, I, I went to go back to write down the name of the, the little creatures and I forgot. So I just called them monkey dudes, but I know that's not right. It's pretty close. It's Munoz. Munoz. There we go. Uh, such a great moment there. We talk about that. It, it almost had some Raiders of the Lost Ark bad dates moment to me uh, of just like uh, them kind of, Tipping you off to something coming. It, it just all, it worked for me on the on those uh, levels, and I thought it was um, both this, this high tension, as I said in my notes, but really beautiful. Not just how it looks, but a beautiful episode. There was a beautiful soul to this episode that I loved. It, it was a beautiful soul, and it, and it was like, does the Bad Batch deserve peace? And I feel like the answer is like, yes, we we all deserve peace. Um, I also think that was one of the really great tensions of the episode. I definitely want to talk about the the what the storm means and the choice mm-hmm. to have it be something natural. But I think one of the other tensions that I felt as I was watching it, which, which gave me anxiety during the beautiful parts was mm-hmm. it felt like it was going to be an episode where 
it's a story that I think we've all seen a lot of the kind of the grim, dark story of the, the, the tortured heroes try to find some peace, but they bring violence to the peaceful place. It follows them. I was waiting for, you know, Sid to betray them or for there to be a tracker or whatever. And for them to be like, we brought the empire here. And maybe it, maybe that'll still happen down the road. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but I really love that in this episode, it was not the bad batch who brought the horror to the island. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great point. All right, well, let's dive in more to the big themes, the ideas at stake in this episode. Uh, where did you go with your your big picture thought? Well, I guess we could start with this, the continued lessons and what, what should be valued. What is treasure? Great line from Fee. Treasures can mean many things. And of course, right? Of course. Uh, of course, I get that. But I think this tied into uh, connections. It tied into just the, the people of Pabu being from a lot of different spots, too. I really like that uh Thing. And, and I don't, and I don't, I definitely don't think you would think this too, but, uh, or think this at all, but like, you know, they were not, I didn't, none of them were running, right? None of them were hiding from the fight. It was, it was like you said, it was a certain kind of peace that I enjoyed that, um, they even addressed like, what happens if the empire comes here? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll figure it out. Um, and I liked that angle too, adds to kind of the bigger thing, but that it just highlighted connection for me, which just runs all the way through because, Danger will find you, unfortunately, maybe potentially, and maybe with them, but and you can't change that. Um, uh, it's not quite Shmi telling Anakin <laughs> you can't change things, but 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 you can't stop change. But um, but helping others, helping communities, helping those in need is always going to be the way, and it's always going to be on your your heart. Which also might mean maybe for the Bad Batch, this is uh, an idea that they have of like maybe maybe here is where energy is, and maybe that's enough maybe that's our part or, or you know echo it's it's a choice to go deeper uh deeper into the galaxy deeper into the fight maybe this is our fight i you know and i don't know if any of that's answered um but i, I just like those thoughts there's a lot of ruminations on that for me i was at that table as well like i didn't even think and again i'll kick that back to you that idea I didn't, it wasn't like hunter was like fine we're camping out here because we're done out there it was something about here drawing mm -hmm. them here and that maybe they're needed here uh, and there's some of those things going through, or maybe not. Maybe they're pushed out and everything. But 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 that 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 ties into the choice to have it na be nature versus the empire, like you said. Uh, and that's why I'm on that kind of train of thought. Yeah. No, I, I I really agree with you. I think that you know this community is special. This isn't a place to hide, right? Mm -hmm. Um hunter i think has always been really clear about my mission is to just survive to to just keep omega and our squad safe if we're not soldiers anymore i don't want to be a mercenary i have all of these these values and these lines that can't be crossed that he demonstrated throughout the season but really in the, in a gungi episode and this is a place that reflects those values mm -hmm. um I think for me, the, the way that I looked at the big picture of this episode is the idea of fulfillment, a.k.a. the real treasure. So not just a place to hide, a place that fills our souls. Mm -hmm. um, the, it, 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 the, everything about what Pabu is, is a Star Wars theme statement of what is good, what people need what the light side is, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love looking at the, the lessons of the light side in the dark side of the force is not a, a, just a blue lightsaber versus a red lightsaber, but right. they're 
beliefs and values that are being upheld or attacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, in this, that, that island is not in a, it's not a virgins in the forest. It's not mortis, but it is the light side in terms of the values, right? Mm-hmm. There was community. There was people working together. Uh, the people there were sharing and welcoming. They were stronger together, lifting one another up. Everyone had value. They were connected to both nature and acknowledging the the power and the fear and the bounty of nature. Uh, but they were also connected to technology. They weren't just living in the past, but they were also very connected to the value of culture, the value of knowing your past uh, mm-hmm. through those artifacts that were being celebrated uh can kind of talk about some of these beats in 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 more specifics but it was kind of this laundry list of of what star wars is always promoting and all of it was here on this island wrecker says uh you know kind of shocked when shep is uh, friendly to mr inta uh, do you know everyone here and shep is like of course we're all like family um liana says about the 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 space monkeys. <laughs> They're called Munoz. The elders say they've lived here since before Pabu was inhabited. There's that sense of connection to the ancient, connection to history, respect for the elders, respect for uh, the environment, but they're also not lost in, in the past. They're moving forward. Um, yeah. It really ties into this treasure idea, which was so clearly teed up in the first episode of the season, the first two-parter where Omega was just really thinking brutally of just like my, my family needs to survive. And in in order to do that, we need to fight for money. Uh, And then the nice man, (laughs) Romer Adele, I believe. Yes. Uh, Romer Adele on Sreno, the idea that, uh, Hey, you're a child (laughs) Uh, play with toys that has value too. It gets supported again uh, on the, uh, the discovery and exploration episode with fee uh, where, Omega is really learning that just going after something, learning about it, being curious about it, that is a treasure as well. And it's also got this hanging question of like, who is Fee? Is is she kind of full of BS when she's calling herself a a liberator of ancient wonders, right? Or is she a little bit of a scoundrel? And this episode answers it so definitively that there's this archaeum there, uh, you know, and Tech says there, my analysis indicates the so-called artifact you recovered is of very little to no monetary value. And he responds, treasure can mean many things. Uh, most of the villagers on Pabu are refugees. Many items I recover are remnants of their cultures, and that's worth preserving. It's a definitive answer that she isn't Hondo, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she yeah. is somebody who values community and values uh, all of the emotions that can be attached uh, to to an object, right? So all of it gets to this idea of this is a, a beautiful place. This isn't just a safe place. This isn't just like, hey, uh, they're nice to us and they have food. Right. This is about values, which I think goes to what you're talking about of Hunter being like, this place makes sense to me. This place has values. Yeah. This place has a wider definition of treasure than is this something Sid can sell on the black market? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and him asking that fair question of is, is, is perhaps this what we've been looking for? Right. And, and again, the bigger question of the galaxy and plugging in, um, yeah, maybe it's fair to poke back at Hunter on that too, if this is where he decides, but it's just like, 
looking around. I, I like I like what you're describing because again, it's not just a safe haven. We're all hiding out here and don't want to get involved. Um, this is totally different vibe. And, and and to say it's the kind of the end of this journey that this episode, this season has been going on. We got a few episodes left, of course, but I think you're so right to go back to the beginning where it was just so clear of what Omega was looking for. Because again, the money was needed. The money was a reality. The, the money's always a reality. Uh, of course, of course. But uh, when you start dig uh, deeper deeper into what you want to be, your identity, what you're here for, it all kind of makes sense as Omega grows up in front of us. Yeah, and, and I think that's the reason that I would really push back on the uh, the, the, the the naughty filler word um, mm-hmm. is that it it ties to what this uh, season has been explicitly building of this question of what is treasure, but it also ties to uh, the general question of the Bad Batch of like, well, you're not soldiers anymore the government that you fought for was a ruse um and who are you going to be now who do you want to be in your souls there's the functional how are you going to survive but what is going to become of you who do you want to be and that's been raised even more with uh the episodes in this season where the the clones have been vilified by palpatine and they're being all clones are having their identity their purpose taken away and this is answering that question of who do we want to be? There is life after being a soldier, possibly, and we're finding it here. One of the things that I thought really supported that is it's a light touch, but there are moments of the treasure of fulfillment for each individual member of the group. It's mm-hmm. they're each highlighted. Um, the, the the group has you know some fulfillment in that they might not need to be soldiers forever, but their skills as soldiers uh, clearly have value. Uh, so that's nice that they get that, um, that whole uh, validation of actually being soldiers, mm-hmm. but the idea that they can experience more, live more, have more to offer than just being soldiers is, is great. And a great contrast to Sid who sees their value only as soldiers, right? You know, Completely. It, it's been 20 rotations and no word. You better be dead because your absence has cost me a few scores. Uh, mm-hmm. She says, and it, that's such a contrast from from what Fee is telling the rest of the Bad Batch about Omega. Of like, oh, she's got the whole soldier thing down, but don't you think she should learn some other skills? <laughs> yeah. Funny funny joke from Tech of like, what other skills? But it's yeah. reflecting the themes in that riot racing episode with Tech where he realized like, oh, my skill set is my skill set. And it doesn't mean that I just have to be a soldier. I can do other things with my skill set. So yeah. fulfillment for the whole group as... Yep, your skills have value as soldiers, but also as many other things. Like, hey, members of a community uh, and mm-hmm. fulfillment for the individuals as well. Yeah, no, I love uh, highlighting uh, that tech line, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But just from that point to, you know, they they can't, they've not known any other thing, but they've been picking it up along the way. And, you know, take that to wrecker fishing, you know, <laughs> just finding a new way forward. Uh I like all that there. And, and, and the opening sequence was, is it's really great. It, it almost has some club Obi-Wan vibes too. Um, uh, but I love that because uh, you're talking about fee and what it means for her to really get the, it's such a scoundrelly pirate bounty hunter ish kind of opens open opening sequence. And, and then for her to be like, yeah, I, I take these things and I go here. Um, yep. Amazing reveal for me. Yeah. Working with uh, shady people, Mm-hmm. constantly can't trust anyone death everywhere everyone assumes it's just you know you're, you're pillaging these things uh for for financial value and that it does give a big punch to like look at the huge contrast between this and that that bar they had the fun uh bar fight in yeah, um 
In terms of, go ahead, sorry. No, which was which was fun. It was very fun. I'm going to talk about it a lot when we get to the action section. Um, in terms of the, the kind of look at the fulfillment of each each of the characters and see see what your thoughts were. Um, it was really set up in this episode that Omega needed connection to people her own age. Uh, Fee's quote of she needs friends her own age who don't share her genetic profile. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we see her building on the lessons that Romar Adele taught in the first episode that there are many kinds of treasure and 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 that the idea of just watching a sunset being on an ocean like the one at home except for it's not violent and roiling all the time it's at least right now um that connection with uh liana uh, hazard uh -hmm. i love that their name is hazard but it's pronounced hazard in the episode um I, i think uh i thought this in the uh treasure hunting episode uh that uh, with fee in the middle of the season that fee was kind of this, this interesting healthy maternal figure for omega along with her 18 dads um mm-hmm. so i felt like she was omega was having all these fulfillments of just being a kid she has a friend her own age she gets to enjoy playing she gets permission to from dad to play she's got mm-hmm. a mom figure it, it was just such such fulfillment for omega yeah, I, 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 this idea of, uh, you know, I put, you know, earlier Mega growing up, but but she needs to live a, a full life and, and you can't simply protect her or hide her. There's some protection in this episode, but 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 I don't think it's uh, the whole story there. And and, and uh, I think that uh, goes into the bigger themes of, of, of who you are and the identity of it all um, and what she's emerging from. I love that scene of, you know, I used, yeah, I used to be raised by the ocean, too. Uh, not the same way, not the same way. Much better. <laughs> This is this is a little prettier. We haven't seen any uh, beautiful sunsets on Camino. Maybe maybe yeah. they happen. I, I don't know. And then um, for Hunter, man, uh, I think we talked earlier this season that it's kind of uh, Hunter was kind of stuck. We we weren't sure, you know, when he was going to have some some epiphanies, some changes, some mm-hmm. challenges. Mm-hmm. This was great for Hunter. In that, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, all he's ever wanted is a safe place for Omega. Right. Yeah. And to be able to move from just a protector to a true father figure, um, mm-hmm. that was a fulfillment I sense for Hunter of like, I can, here I can just actually be her dad, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, Omega's just very, they're a family childlike when she gets invited to go out on the boat and says that, can I go? Mm-hmm. And Hunter cheerses with his his space coconut drinkware and just says have fun uh, i like that made me tear up a little bit because of how deeply hunter needs that right when was yeah. the last time he was able to say to this child that he's it, you know twisted himself in knots to protect to go like sure go crazy have fun mm. yeah and again and then this question of what what is truly end game for them and, yeah you know, yeah, and again, again, there's bigger problems. We're not done. The fighting's not done. We, we the rebellion's some years off. I know Luthen Rail thinks he started right now, but there's there's some <laughs> time to go. So I understand that. So I'm not um, advocating that Hunter just uh, packs up the guns and heads home. I, I don't I don't know if that's the case, but it's just like, um, you know, looking out at this, why wouldn't you think this is what we're fighting for, including the people of Papa? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know that that it'll be trying not to say anything about future episodes but yeah i just didn't perceive that this episode was in any way guilting the bad batch for like this is turning away right this isn't this isn't cassian going uh, i'll find someplace warm and safe right 
um, <laughs> get you it, some pizzas, yeah, yeah, and running away from mm-hmm. you know his, his problems, yeah, to to <laughs> just get arrested outside of Space Seven Eleven for doing nothing. Uh, this is the the galaxy is awash in horror, and right now most people are just trying to buckle down mm-hmm. and survive and look toward what's next, you know, yeah. Um, And I think it's also different because this is the story of soldiers who have known nothing but conflict. Yeah. And there's that, to me, it's more about discovering a place where like, this could be our home base. We could take a breath. We all deserve this. And there's nothing in this episode to me that's about like, and if a call for help comes, we're not leaving, you know? Right. Right. Heads on out. Right. It's not like, it's not, it's not, not in the unknown regions and you can't track it or you can't get there. Like, you know, Absolutely. Yeah, and, it, and this is this also isn't an episode of like, oh, it looks like this community is great, but there's actually a dark side of like, right. <laughs> you know, if this yeah. is Walking Dead, this would be this looks great, and then we we find you know uh, the, where they store the the humans that they eat, the, and they're cannibals yeah. or the weird cults, you know, like nope, nope, mm. it just this yeah. beauty exists, and they deserve to be a part of it is. Yeah. Or at least consider it is what I, I took from it. Yeah, but Mr. Enta didn't go to his hut and start secretly uh, contacting Palpatine, his old <laughs> high school buddy, you know. Yep, <laughs> his old high school buddy, uh, which, yeah, is what I appreciate about this episode, that it wasn't something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in terms of other characters' fulfillment, you know, I, I yeah, thought yeah. this is really interesting that uh, Tech had this opportunity to explore other sides of himself that was highlighted. Um mm-hmm. He has a connection with Fee that clearly Wrecker thinks is maybe <laughs> maybe romantic, which you can talk more about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that idea has never occurred to Tech. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe he's throwing some body language that Wrecker is picking up on, or maybe we haven't seen that. Like you know, in between every flight, <laughs> Tech's yeah. just you know uh, saying statistics he's learned about Fee and her adventures, and Wrecker's like, damn, I don't know. Yeah. But that was clearly going on. This idea of oh, I could experience beauty in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when Fee specifically grabs him and says, hey, look at when the when the sun goes down and all the lights come on. And it says pretty spectacular, right? And Tex says, I suppose that is one way to quantify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is about that invitation to explore other sides of himself, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, these these are parts of you too. If you're not obsessed with just being a soldier and just being on a mission, what else could you? How, how else could you be fulfilled? Yeah, no, I, I it, it plays well for comedy. We're, we can talk about that, but I, I really love what you're saying. Of, of um, you know, the old uh, writer should write the other side of the page or live the other side of the page, and 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 you, sometimes you just you forget that, and, and and or you don't know that. In text case, I just this is all he's. No, I, I think it connects spiritually to all the stuff we talk about in the book of Boba Fett. Of, mm-hmm. of I was imprinted this way. I was raised this way. Society sees me as this way. This is all I think I know uh, to be. Um, how do you change? Do you fight it like Chrysanthemum? Do you embrace it like Boba Fett? Uh, you struggle through it. But here it is in a completely different way. Uh, tech, you know, might have a nice uh, romantic date on Upper Pabu. We don't know. Um, <laughs> but he would never stop to consider it. He doesn't. He literally says that in the beginning of the episodes. Uh, right. Yeah. We've never yeah. needed anything else. Uh, yeah. What other skills are there to, it's totally normal to just be raised around people who look, <laughs> who share your genetic code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, why do you need to know people of different ages? What's that about? Like, yeah. And, and then he's open to it. Right. And he sees mm-hmm. it and experiences it and, and he gets to feel it a little bit. 
And then even Wrecker, I mean, I think there's a real light touch, but I think it is so purposeful that they each kind of have a moment where they're expanding into something that yeah. they that we know they're interested in and get to feel it a little bit more. Uh, if this is an episode about the treasure of fulfillment, uh, Wrecker's treasure is super literal. He's literally satiated, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He says, I'm full. I'm never full. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's kind of a, a fun, straightforward thing. But the deeper thing with Wrecker, I think, is the joy of seeing people who are like him. Wrecker is loud and gregarious and happy to shout and interact. He, he you know, he really responds to Wookiee culture because that's a loud, gregarious culture where you, you loudly <laughs> burst into the room and express what you're feeling. There, there's that great beat where uh, he does the big handshake with Shep. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that beat. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, ah, somebody who maybe kind of is closer to my build. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. who is also loud and happy to see people and will do a big handshake like that. And then, you know, it, it is to me writerly on purpose that Wrecker's the one who is amazed to see community amazed to, to, mm-hmm. to be in a community where like every, everybody knows each other so i can walk around and go hey buddy to everybody <laughs> and nobody will go who are you why are you happy yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the fact that that's his mission is to carry mr inta the the symbol of everybody knows each other and everybody's kind of loud and joyful about it that's fulfillment for wrecker completely completely the the, the unbridled joy uh uh, the, the the fish sequence, everything about it. I I really like what you're saying there. For my guy Wrecker, um, to find a place where you belong, and 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 that reminding you of your value and everyone else's value. All of this kind of spiritually connects. I'm not saying it's completely, um, you know, an overt connection, but to the spirit of the Akiaki stuff, where Ray's kind of just seeing the joy in the galaxy that maybe she hadn't seen before. She wasn't allowed to see before. It's a hand in the rain. It's a smile at a young uh, child uh, going, ah, here's, here's who I can be. Here's what, what is uh, at stake. And, and here's where I want to be. You're not saying she wanted to move to Pasana, but in this case, yeah, I, I, it's the same kind of joy to me of, of the actual joy in the galaxy of the actual people and why we're fighting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it, it's a, uh... Pabu is a picture of a place that would be lovely for lots of us to live, but I really appreciate the attention to detail that the specific needs and wants and concerns of of the Bad Batch as individuals Mm -hmm. is also highlighted for Omega to get to be a kid the way that uh, Hunter and the Wookiee Elder sort of were sad that she didn't get to be, right? Mm -hmm. That, That Hunter gets to just be a dad who can pr- fulfill his primary goal of protecting Omega, right. uh, that tech can value all of his skills and see that they don't limit him. In fact, they can expand what he can see and enjoy. And that record gets to eat a lot and hug people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Individual fulfillment for all of their needs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I know he enjoys punching people too, but he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to here. It's something different. Yeah, exactly. So now that we've talked about uh, the joy, uh, should we talk about the horror? The horror. Ooh. This is, t- I, you know, I'm not a huge growing up near oceans. I avoid them. Um, uh, big bodies of water and nature is too powerful. So this, this episode scared me. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I want to get into the storm and, and, and what we think it sort of means and how it functions. But how did you 
how did you feel about the first half of the episode? Did you, I went on and on about my anxiety. Did, did you feel anxious? Were you waiting for the other shoe to drop? How did you feel before the storm came? hundred percent, hundred percent. But like I, I, I touched on earlier, like had to have been the empire was going to come out of hyperspace, had to have been the attractor, had to, you know, pirates or something would have fallen fee wouldn't have been enough for me. I just had that of um, idea of, of, like you said earlier, they're they're, they're going to bring it, um, or more of the you know lessons of of the oppression of the empire. We're going to see that stuff, and we see it wonderfully uh, explained time and time again in other places. So I liked that. The moment I heard the rumble, um, it was something different, and mm-hmm. that's going to you know danger is going to find you. That's just life. Um, and I deal with it. So yeah, I, I was waiting for the shooter drop. And when my, my monkey deuce, my yo-yos, Munoz, whatever, you know, making up a Perry Ubu, great band. Um, it, when, when they, when they, when they started reacting, you know, you always watch those animals. We live in earthquake country. Got to watch those dogs and cats. They're doing weird things. Uh, tape some things to the wall. Um, so then it hit and then, and then, uh, uh, the anxiety was, uh, it paid off. I guess. <laughs> yeah. The anxiety uh, paid off really, really well because, yeah, there's that part of me. It's like, oh, please don't be, you know, uh, V wings, <laughs> right? Yeah, storming yeah. into attack. Please don't let it be, oh, you know, a, a star destroyer, you know, in, in the atmosphere. Um, I really, really liked because it's it, to me, it's what made this episode beautiful. If somebody asked me to define the force and the balance of the force, I'd be like, hey, there's a lot of ways to do that in Star Wars. One of them is you can watch the episode. Pabu of Bad Batch. Um, I, I think it's very meaningful that the Bad Batch and the audience are both nervous that the other shoe is going to drop, right? <laughs> we feel like Hunter, like, can we relax? Can she go on the ocean? I guess she can. Um, th- I love the idea that you can't just have paradise. Life isn't that simple, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. A- and this was a great way to show that without being cruel about that to be natural, right? This is the balance of the force in nature. Nature is beautiful, peaceful. There are beginnings, but also sometimes it's destructive and sad and there are endings, right? Um, This is the natural balance of the force. The light side and the dark side exist. Balancing the force is not sometimes going to be kind of benevolent. <laughs> sometimes I'm going to choke people I don't like. That is not balancing the force. That is that is taking light and dark side actions. Balancing the force is the reality of the speech that Luke gives in Last Jedi. You know, birth, death, you know, beauty, beginning, cycles, right? Um, the ocean is bountiful and, and gives to them, but the ocean's going to do what the ocean's going to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was deeply powerful because it is a reflection to me of the philosophy of star wars of the light and the dark side mm-hmm. in the balance and it was just such a so fresh and surprising that instead of a, a person a being making a choice which is the way we often see the dark side represented in star wars mm-hmm. is that somebody put the the force out of balance by making a choice to do something aggressive and cruel Right. Uh, Sid putting a tracker on them. Turns out Fee was uh, double playing them and betrays them. You know, the Bad Batch accidentally brings the Empire there, etc. It being nature is just a, a different story and a different supporting of this uh, light side, dark side, n- natural balance philosophy. I agree, I agree with you in a big way here. And it, it takes you 
takes you, uh, you know, through some of my thoughts here of, 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 of this episode, but also the overall conversation. And it's funny too, in the past, I think um, for me to boil it down in my brain, sometimes when I talk about balance and the force and, and how Star Wars explains it, Last Jedi stuff really comes up obviously a lot, but I always, even for myself off air, think of uh, a tidal wave coming mm-hmm. and that might be someone taking uh, trying to take the dark side uh, in a direction that overcomes the light, right? And, and can you stand in the wave and, and help? Now, I uh, want to also legally say, don't ever stand in, in, in a way of a tidal wave, folks, okay? Uh, but uh, that's how I look at it. I always look at it like that, right? It's, it's a wave. You stand, Qui-Gon's going to stand in front of, of, of that to defend the light from those who would take the dark um, and unnaturally move it into the light. So I had, even, even when this started, the 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 Munoz did their dance and got got out of there and all the stuff and the, and the and the tide receded. I thought, yeah, all right, is the Empire's tidal wave three thousand ship at the end of this? Is you know, is there some kind of reveal uh, on that? And it wasn't. It was just what you're talking about. Uh, and and I don't also, by the way, this isn't something that jumps out to me in my first viewings. This is why I encourage folks. Um, if you got the time, watch it a second time. Or if you got a moment, think about what you're going to say about these episodes. I think that that kind of, if you're just watching, well, nothing happened. The Empire wasn't there. The Tidal Wave 3000 ship wasn't there. So this episode was filler. Like that, That's kind of where I want to fight back against that kind of talk on other podcasts and other shows. If you don't like the episode, that's that's fine. But I, think about what this is. It's it's a rumination. It's a, it's a, it's a reflection on all the things Star Wars talks about. I, I really agree with you on that. Uh, and, and through that comes value. And and what happens when the wave hits? Because it isn't the Tidal Wave 3000 ship behind it. it. They find a way to work together to save each other. They find ways to, to this isn't working. We're going to go different ways. We can go into those details there. And it's uh, what the galaxy has to do and what they maybe have to do as well. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with you. And I, I think this is, to me, why it's valuable to watch Star Wars in, in any entertainment that you choose to with a, a why mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I don't think everybody needs to have their <laughs> notebooks out and, and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to just be a casual viewer. You can be a casual viewer and you can watch it and you can like it or not like it and pay as much attention as you want. I don't ever want to like shake my finger at people and like, you should all be writing essays every time you yeah. sit down yeah. to watch something. But I don't think this one requires like, um, super, super analytical. It, it's just... It's literally the calm before storm. It, we all know the conflict is coming. So when you are watching an episode where the conflict is being withheld, to me, it's just natural to go like, well, why? We know conflict's going to come. What source is it going to come from? Because that's going to tell us what this episode is about. I, mm-hmm. Like, to me, that isn't really like, you know, <laughs> you know, I studying James Joyce and, and cracking a code, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. it's just asking why, um, yeah. And and I think that there's so much beauty in the fact that it's just a storm because it's a different story. It's a mm-hmm. story that reflects the uh, Star Wars attitude toward uh, the light mm-hmm. side, the dark side. It Star Wars is always really great to me about it promotes kindness, empathy, the light side, valuing nature, valuing history, mm-hmm. working together, all kinds of stuff that that. I think sometimes we can be resistant to in storytelling because it sounds so simple, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds so uh, quaint and, and kumbaya and, you know, oh, we can solve all problems by holding hands in a circle, right? It can sound mm-hmm. really cheap. What makes it powerful is when those values are put up against 
real high stakes and real horror, right? Yeah. And something mm-hmm. as devastating as we've got this beautiful, peaceful community. We've got an early warning system that should work. And it, we haven't had one of these surges in three decades. It should be fine. Like, yeah, well, sometimes it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. life isn't fine. It's actually kind of a brutal message, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's then throwing that darkness into it is what makes the the light and the beauty shine to me. Oh, and and, um, and, and I love that that's what's going on in this episode. I also just really think it ties into some of the ideas that they've been building in the rest of the season. Um, really obsessed with the, the crossing episode for lots of reasons. Uh, but it really was that, that message that impacted me that, hey, it's a dark time in the galaxy. The Bad Batch doesn't know exactly how they're going to survive, where they're going to end up. And they... And Omega says, well, but, you know, we'll all get through it together. And they stare at that storm that's coming from them. Mm. And we reviewed that episode. I, I kept saying both sincerely and kind of jokingly, they live inside a storm. We yeah. all do. Uh, you know, trying to accept that things aren't going to be perfect. What mm. what we need to do is figure out how to live our best lives. Well, hey, sometimes you're suddenly in the middle of a storm and, and you got to deal with that. Yeah. That was a somewhat metaphorical idea. They were literally watching a storm come. Uh, here it is explicitly. Here's that same idea explicitly. Everything is perfect. <laughs> Wrecker is full. Maybe tech can fall in love. Uh, Hunter gets to be a dad. Maybe he's going to start making dad jokes. Everything's great. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. We got to deal with that, right? <laughs> um, so that gives it this beauty. Mm-hmm. And then I love exactly what you're saying is it's this natural calamity but they face it with the tenants of the light side, right? Mm-hmm. If that if that storm is, it's the dark side. It's it's the dark side of nature that there there's violence, there's destruction, there are things out of outside of your control, right? Mm-hmm. They don't they can't stop the wave. They don't try to stop the wave. All they do is work together, quite explicitly, to preserve and defend life. And then make a a kind of a solemn oath to uh, work together to rebuild. Yeah, and and none of it, and it's not an in, 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 in it's an inclusive community. You know, almost uh, lots of other stories where you had Upper Pabu, uh, the people in Upper Pabu might not care about the people people right. in Lower Pabu, but it is just an actual geographical distinction, not a value yeah. distinction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Shep saying we got everyone out in time. That's what's important. Uh, we will band together and rebuild. And again, it's not like everybody's like, oh, who cares? They were just houses. We see people like weeping and injured, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. all lived, but it was something to live through. It was hard. It was awful. Yeah. But through these tenants of the light side, they're going to pull together and and deal with it and, and cope with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I'm thinking too, it's like, um, you know, I always want to be careful you know, you can, you can pull things too far out where I'm like, uh, I'm not saying that one, I think they should, the bad batch themselves should not get involved in the bigger picture or that there's not the bigger picture to worry about, or that sometimes you you shouldn't punch the tidal wave. I I just really like what you're saying about this, this, this episode, how it was played out, how, how nature was there reminding us of the darkness and, and, and everyone was saved, right? There was no tragedy in terms of loss of life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone was saved. They, how they did that. Uh, the why, of course, there, but but the actual how, how they came together to do that and then sticking around to fight it. Then you look at what's going on in the galaxy. Uh, it might be a big, giant, overwhelming tidal wave, and maybe some are more capable 
of punching back. Maybe some are more, you know, again, Luthen's over there going, I got a plan, I mean, whatever. I'm broken. My soul is broken. He's got that. This is not necessarily everyone's call. And, and I, the story of the Bad Batch isn't done. Um, and so, But I like that it's a reminder of, of what you're fighting for. Again, I keep going back to that. This community, the people, the people around you, the connections. Um, and there's a beauty in that for me. As you go out in the galaxy and decide the why, but also how you're going to do this and what's at stake. Um, how far do you want to go? How far is enough? All those kind of things. Um, I don't know. I just look at it as a, as a real as a microcosm of the bigger fight going on. Yeah, no, I, I really agree. And I, and I think, you know, that, that, you know, that Luke Skywalker attitude of uh, it's all so far away from here, right? Like yes. he's being asked for help directly, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the reality of his abilities and his power and his relationships are finding him. Obi-Wan is directly asking him and mm-hmm. he in his heart wants to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And he finds reasons to say he can't. Right. Right. That's a different story than, Hey, everybody's suffering. We found a community that also needs our help. Right. That's similar mm-hmm. to a, a, a Soka's sort of Jedi epiphany of like, yeah. Yep. I, yep. If there's a problem somewhere and I know it's going on, I should probably go there. I'm not going to put my head down and ignore it. But also if on the way to that problem, I encounter somebody who needs help, I just help them. That's what a Jedi does. They help people. Right. And there's that sense of that here for bad batch of like this kind of unbelievable community is like, this is a place for refugees. We welcome anyone. We, We probably ask that you try to, to, you know, help out in the community. We want everybody to help out to their abilities. Um, but hey, you're welcome here. And then I think that's the other thing that I love about the the storm, and, and that it isn't a sort of grim, dark. Whoops, we brought a bunch of stormtroopers. Uh, you know, pew pew pew. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. it's even the even in the darkness there is fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I would say in the first half of the episode, they they all get get to experience this other side of themselves that that they've been too busy uh, mm-hmm. running and shooting and and trying to just survive to get to explore too much. And then yeah. in the second half, it is a celebration of their skills, their skills as soldiers mm. still have value and it makes a difference to mm. this community. They were welcomed with open arms and they can immediately give back, right? Um, mm. Tech, you know, get getting the ladders down, you know, uh, Hunter being able to, to save Omega and Liana, um, the record being this big physical presence, all of them just sort of like organizing the rescue and making it happen with their skills. It was also an opportunity to show that the Bad Batch have value as soldiers, those skills that they have as people because they were soldiers have value, but they also deserve to be more than just soldiers. Yeah, deserve to be more than just soldiers. Shoulders, shoulders, and shoulders. <laughs> shoulders and hips. They deserve to be yeah. both body parts. Yeah, my shoulders are hurting today. That's what I'm thinking about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, any other uh, big picture thoughts? No, no. Uh, yeah, you it, and it goes into the what I loved about this episode is is you know again I think it's all in there. I think it's all in there, subtext and text. But but it's just uh, this episode made me think of Star Wars overall. And I love that when it's just, uh, it just gives me a chance to reflect on what uh, Star Wars. Uh, the franchise is uh, generally talking about the hope versus fear, the hope over fear, the hope, finding hope in fear uh, and how that's, that that word fears means a lot of things. Sometimes it's a tidal wave, sometimes it's a man in a, in a dark robe with a red light. But <laughs> fear. And uh, what are you fighting for and why? It's it's a big picture thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, and 
it is just such a celebration of things that Star Wars values, you know, community, uh, not not just being welcomed and helped, but then also trying to be welcoming and, and helpful in return. Mm. That artifacts moment is just huge to me that like these people have built a new community out of communities that have been shattered and they value this community of the present, but they also value who they are and where they came from and the kindness of going and getting relics of different people's cultures so they could still feel connected to the past. You shouldn't be absolutely uh, chained to the past, but the past and where you come from matters. Uh, That is a a big, beautiful idea, and all of it is... uh, a, a big sort of essay on mm-hmm. on Star Wars values and then also really picking up on all the threads of the Bad Batch and, and paying attention to each individual as a character. It, like so many episodes this season, it's very minimal, it's very direct, but it also mm-hmm. has great depth. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. Uh, all the all the slow-moving character development maybe that you thought in the past is all kind of coming to a head here for me. Yeah, and who knows, maybe we'll discover that the, uh, on the other side of the planet, the Empire does have a mining operation and they're causing the searches. <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe the story's not done yet. I want to be clear. Uh, you could be right. There. Yeah. And I also don't, uh, I think the way that the surge is presented right now is that sort of truth of like, Hey, sometimes uh, nobody did anything bad. A volcano just went off, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But that also doesn't mean that, Hey, you know what? Uh, maybe <laughs> bad batch season four is uh, they build a dam or whatever, a better early detection system. You know, I'm not saying like, yep. Yeah. And that's, that's just the price of living there every once in a while. Let the ocean roll over you. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. <laughs> it's Indeed. more that, hey, there's a crisis now. We got to deal with it. We got to accept it. We can't stop it. How do we work with it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk some action, some comedy, some canon, all that in a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back to talk more Pabu. Season 2, Episode 13 of The Bad Batch. We're going to talk some action moments. Uh, There was a a fun, exciting action scene at the bar. And then, hey, you know, the ocean attacked them. So uh, what moments did you enjoy? Uh, Yeah, the opening sequence with this character, Crowder. I said earlier, Club Obi-Wan vibes. Uh, Vibes, not not beat for beat. I don't even necessarily think it was, hey, let's do a Club Obi-Wan from Temple of Doom. It just had that... You know, you're you're beating it. You're sitting across the table. You're trying to double cross each other. There's someone watching. I loved it. I just it was a lot of fun. Um, Omega right there, front and center. Uh, love when she pulls the bow out. Like it, it just I, I, overall, just really loved uh, the sequence there. I, I think my favorite part was uh, Wrecker standing up, cracking the neck, ready to fight. It, it, it was a good cheering for the Bad Batch moment of like mm-hmm. you should have brought more muscle. Like they did. Yeah. <laughs> what part yeah. of your body are the cracks coming from? Neck. Uh, knuckles somewhere else, like, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. great, yeah, yeah. And, and one thing again, the purpose of that for me again is showing a lot of things, especially with feed. But you know, this could be every episode and every moment of the episode, right? This could just be what it is, uh, and I'm glad it's not. And so it highlights the importance of the scene and the fun of the scene, yeah. And, and I, I love that. <laughs> It was a good setup, also, just kind of for Omega that like it really did feel like feed's like, oh, I'm trying to teach her things, like in this world that we travel in, you can't uh, teach her things without uh, having her in bar fights. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's uh, a good contrast to uh, what she experiences on the island. Uh, I really liked Hunter's knife throw. This was kind of a great Hunter episode where we kind of reconnected to that mm-hmm. real basic bad batch. Like they, they each have, they're, they're the best of the best and they each have their mm-hmm. own unique skills. Right. And Hunter's yeah. uh, knife throw uh, was really great. Um yeah. I like the entire little Omega sequence that really had the great sort of bar fight vibes when she does the uh, the slide over the table and tips yeah. it over to block the uh, the blaster bolts and then, uh, you know, shoots the the large light fixture onto the villain. That, that was just some classic stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a I love that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, moving into the action of the island, um, I really did love when Hunter senses what the what the Munoz sense 
um, yeah, yeah, because you forget he's kind of got that stuff, right? You, you, yeah, I mean, I think that he's, yeah, I mean, he's a tracker and he has that mm-hmm. sort of a sixth sense of being connected to nature, which is just such a, a Star Wars idea, right? That the mm-hmm. the natural is there and it, that there are things that we can sense from it. Um, I love that the Munoz are, are there at all, right? That like mm-hmm. these people are living, you know, in, in harmony with the beings that, you know, the creatures that were there, uh, from time immemorial and also just that like a, a valuing of nature that the that everybody's like hey everything's great <laughs> and the moon was like nope 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 <laughs> yeah i mean i it's been a long time since i've lived with animals but i, I still remember like uh the both both my my chihuahua and my nico and my beloved cat sam just like hey we're watching television in the summer in in the twin cities and it's sunny out and they're suddenly like just kind of stand up and get uneasy and like <laughs> seconds later you hear the rumble of the thunder and they like they you know uh yeah yeah oh god yeah that, yeah yeah i was talking about earthquakes earlier but that, that would work for that yeah yeah and you know sometimes when there's been tornadoes in the midwest the the, the sky you know i've seen the sky turn this weird sickly green and like the mm-hmm. the cat and the dog always uh like always you look at them and they, their eyes are like human do you know the sky is green <laughs> <laughs> you see the sky is green do uh, something uh yeah so it, it was a great highlighting of hunter's skills mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. god bless those monkey dudes i'm gonna maybe we need monkey dudes in star wars because the munios were great but now i want monkey dudes in my brain <laughs> yeah uh, get that uh, hashtag started uh what were some other action moments for you as we go into the storm i i, I love the tech using his ascension gun in that sequence there uh you know fans phantom menace fans unite uh, love that. Uh, and, and um, you know, again, in, in, in this disaster film type of setting that's going on, um, I th- you know, our man Tack, man, he knows he knows he knows how to do this stuff. He ain't, he ain't just a bookworm. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, I, re- I really love that moment. It was definitely uh, Phantom Menace Ascension Guns, but tying all the way back to like, I mean, I, I think I learned the phrase grappling hook, you know, when uh, probably one of my uh, second phrases I learned uh, from from Luke and Leia swinging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that it wasn't heavy handed, but it was, it did kind of continue this thread of what is there between tech and fee to have that kind of classic, you know, yeah. let's, uh, let's grab one another and swing up this rope. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, any other action moments for you that you really liked? I think just the, the, uh, Again, it, it a lot of tension, as we said earlier. But the even the um, with with, with uh, uh, Omega and, and uh, Leanna out there, um, and the rescue and everything about that. I you know I'm gonna imagine it's it's one of those moments where like hey, I'm sure it works out good, right? Right? It's got to. It's got to. It's got to. Uh, but the terror, everything about it, the uh, um, the 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 uh, hunter, we're we're in trouble. Like I loved everything about it. Uh, it just added to the whole sequence there. Again, Star Wars doing disaster we talk about star wars doing horror and western and all that kind of stuff well this is a straight up 70s disaster film <laughs> it really is yeah that's, that's a great point and i like that you know that liana was kind of showing omega some things that she doesn't always get to experience and then <laughs> mm-hmm. uh omega like the rest of the bad batch is like you know one of the things i know how to do is run <laughs> yeah. from yeah. danger and i love that when she's like yeah you picked her up and like we got to keep running mm-hmm. um Final beat for me is, you know, pretty straightforward action beat, but I love Wrecker grabbing Shep's hand is Shep almost doesn't make it over the wall, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, because it, it does reinforce this little bond connection that they have. And, and it's also yet another like specific skill of, of record strength, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. helping to save the day, save the community. Everyone, everyone has a, has a part in the, in the story here. Any other action moments uh, that you wanted to share or highlight? No, it's which seems weird to say for an episode that uh, did have a lot of action in it, but uh, focused on the other areas. But it's just these wonderful, wonderful sequences all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. What did you like here? Uh, I liked the Bith player trying to steal credits at the end. Um, <laughs> and the subtitles identify him as like Bith game player or whatever it was. It's funny. Uh, love that there. Uh, tech only playing against himself as a challenge was uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like really like both of those beats. The the Bith was was fun. I hadn't noticed. Uh, was it Bith Gamer? <laughs> Gamer, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I get. I, I can't remember. Um, Bith Gamer on Twitch. Follow him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Follow the Bith. Um, I liked Omega's real bright uh, to the the uh, baddies uh, in the bar. She's not a pirate. She's a liberator of ancient wonders. <laughs> uh, great callback to that line, and a great reminder for us to go like. Mm. That sounds like BS. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. we have uh, we have begun you and I our discussion of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. um, and that is that is such a talking point on in in uh, in our mm-hmm. culture about many stories like Indiana Jones of yeah. uh, of hey, it's one thing to just dis- discover <laughs> something uh, buried; it's another to say where does it belong, who does it belong to, am I actively taking it from? A specific community so that 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 i love that that line is set up again so that we can find out like oh wow it's true <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um and it just it's just such an omega line to be like i have really uh i'm a she's a fee fan right she's she's in fee she's, fan. she's uh joined the fee fan club yeah yeah and i am too i think they're i've loved it so far um uh, fan of Wanda Sykes anyways in, in, in real life, but uh, as, as a comic, but uh, I just, this episode, it all kind of came together with a banter and everything, but just who she is to reveal and, and where she goes. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of great tech lines, like you're saying, I, I really do like that one. The, yes, I am playing against myself. It is the only time this game is a challenge. Uh, great, mm-hmm. funny tech line. And, and Hey, uh, nice to know that tech chats with Gonky. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, gotta love our, our guy Gonky. Yeah, and and then we talked about this line a little bit, but I wanted to highlight it as comedy when when Fee says about Omega, she needs her friend, she needs friends her own age who don't share her genetic profile. <laughs> Text mm-hmm. deliberative. We never had such a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's such a like kind of old man kids these days. Like, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you mean helmets on bicycles? <laughs> we didn't do that. Yeah, no. There's a ton of. Um little uh, you know tech i do not see the issue fee no kidding uh, fee do you have a plan hunter you're looking at it a lot of a lot of great little uh, beats there yeah absolutely what other what other ones uh, jump out to you uh i thought okay so mr enta steve uh, um, blum uh, voiced him uh, the, just a laughing old man i it was it it tickled <laughs> me it, it, it just i watched it a few times of just that's literally all he does <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm just, I love that. It was just so silly to me. And glad he's all right. I was worried about him. Yeah, no, me too. And he's yet another picture of a sort of a, a value being shared that a community takes mm-hmm. care of their elders, right? Like, <laughs> it seems like maybe he's not entirely sharp, right? Of like, mm-hmm. he's not hearing the warning signs or the ocean yeah. and just like, doop a doop a doo. Yep, totally, totally. Yeah. 
the whole I loved that weird delivery. That was so funny. And the whole mm-hmm. thing, all of Pabu in the first half, it really reminded me of some of the Legend of Zelda video games when you you visit a community before Ganondorf gets there. <laughs> Ruins everything. Yeah, yeah, which was the worry, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh I I liked Fee's line uh about what's happening on Pabu or what happens at, I think at uh, at dinner. Lots of food, drink, general merrymaking. You'll probably hate it. And then there's a real quick shot of tech looking sort of confused and offended of like, I don't, I don't, I don't hate those things. <laughs> yeah, no, I love some of these moments of uh, even tech with the, with the stuff with fee where, you know, uh, tech's probably got these. I mean, just, I don't he you know, what do I do with that type of vibe with, with, with uh, the fee stuff too. It was really fun as well played as always. They handle the tech character so well. Yeah. I, and this was another tech line that I really liked is a, a super funny line of record saying I'm full. I'm never full. And it's a funny line as well as a meaningful mm-hmm. line in tech saying, I will note the date and time to commemorate such a momentous occasion is normally a kind of straightforward sarcasm line, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think there was anything sarcastic about it. I think he pulled out the data pad to sincerely do exactly <laughs> that. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's general merrymaking for tech. Yeah. 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 Uh, I only have one more uh, moment of uh, comedy whimsy weirdness that I enjoyed. Did you have any more? No, that's uh, kind of, I went to the record stuff. I did the record to tech. Uh, we mentioned earlier, you've got some competition. I, I just love the, the beat played out really well. Awesome. Um, the last one for me, we also talked a little, a little bit, uh, I don't know if it's intentional comedy, but it, it made me laugh in a dark way of, uh, Shep saying, we haven't had a sea surge in three decades. If we were at risk, the early warning system would have activated and <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> interrupted by terror was a, a great little beat there for me. Indeed. We are going to move on then to canon lore connections to other stories. Um, not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, of specific stuff you know this wasn't hey there's palpatine in this episode um but you know what you know what great star wars canon and lore and connection to other stories i thought there was ken refugees mm-hmm. um it, it, you know in, in a large galaxy there's always going to be a uh, crisis but the idea of refugees has been placed in star wars you know a lot uh mm-hmm. it's in Attack of the Clones, Anakin and Padme are on a refugee ship. Uh, I think the Jerindian Valley. Um, so even in the build-up to the Clone Wars, when there's a little bit more crisis, there are refugees. Um, there's a lot of stuff with Leia and Padme trying to help people in books. Um, there's a point made in the Clone Wars animated series that it isn't just uh, the violence in the Order 66 that's Palpatine spreading the dark side it's that this war that doesn't need to happen is causing pain and suffering everywhere uh yeah. the episode assassin which is one of my favorite clone wars episodes uh it, it's about Ahsoka dealing with the vision that Padme is going to be assassinated uh but the thing that's actually happening in the episode is that Padme has asked Bail to go to Alderaan for this conference on trying to address the massive refugee problem caused by the Clone Wars. And, and this ties into all that storytelling when, when Shep says, uh, Pabu has been a safe haven for those to flee their homes during the war and others mm-hmm. after. So directly acknowledging like, hey, some of these people uh, got their their planet destroyed by General Grievous, right? 100%, because we're not, we're, not, we're not far from that, you know. We're not removed nope. from the Clone Wars much. 
No, so it's a direct connection to to the politics and the the sort of galactic galaxy building of the Clone Wars. And I felt like there's a little weight in the way Pabu said others after, like, and it's still happening because we're we've seen that in the Bad Batch, right? Yeah, hundred, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, any other any thoughts on that? A uh, big canon connection. Well, it's just it's just an important tool to the overall story. So, yeah, no, absolutely, it's there. You, you think about it, I think about Attack of the Clones a lot, uh, just what that means. But yeah, now I, 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 in terms of this being um, a series that deals with the fallout, uh, I love when that kind of stuff comes up. Yeah. Um, and then this is not a immediate canon. This is looking ahead and, and kind of looking at the shape of what the Empire is. Um, the Bad Batch are rightfully concerned because they haven't seen anywhere in the galaxy. Ever, almost everywhere they've gone has had some sort of uh, horror that is happening uh, because of directly the Empire or people emulating the mm-hmm. Empire. Uh, and they find this beautiful haven and, and say hey aren't you worried about the empire and, and showing up and uh and Shep says well why would they we're a remote island with limited resources so how do you how do you for yourself track that with the history of the empire by the time we get to andor uh you know he says we'll go somewhere warm and safe and the picture really is yeah there's not anywhere warm and safe mm-hmm. how, how how do you kind of do you think that the empire eventually spreads literally everywhere or, or do you think that, um, Pabu will, could in theory always be warm and safe. If Andor had just found Pabu <laughs> with the it. entire rest of, uh, the story and the fate of the galaxy changed. I think it's uh, look at it, um, Star Wars in that way. I, I think it's very possible. I think also I was thinking of in my rewatch of Kenobi, there's kind of this, you know, 10 years in and, one of that 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 citizen of of Mos Eisley just tells Reva, you don't you don't have any jurisdiction out here. This is the outer rim, and so there's maybe that always that that kind of political battle, right? We see it with the New Republic, we see it with the, in the Mandoverse. Uh, we're too far out here, so it's possible that something like this could slip through their fingers. But what I I've kind of, especially at this point, and I'm not saying the mayor Pabu is wrong. I'm just saying you're a year or two in. Check in five years. <laughs> check in in ten years when suddenly. You know, Palpatine's like, I'd like an island retreat to go to. Is there anywhere we can take? Um, let's find it. Uh, it's a big, giant galaxy, and the Empire's, uh, you know, fingers are still slowly reaching around the galaxy's neck here, right? So I I, I see the tidal wave a little bit, too, of, again, the, the potential of, of danger will find you. The Empire will find you, which is why I like the mayor saying, hey, yeah, and, and we'll deal with that when it happens. I'm paraphrasing, of course. but Yeah, no, you're right. That is really important that he says, like, he's not saying it's impossible he's just saying like we're not a high priority target we're remote and we don't we're not sitting on a dunium mine you know like of course they'd be here if we were right yeah um so unless they discover that the 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 fish there can power the death star uh they are right or palpatine wants some pet munoz and where do you get them like you know (laughs) anything anything but it potentially could happen yeah so i really like that you're highlighting that that shep says like and we will do what we always do. We'll come together as a community and we'll try to find an answer. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that. The story is maybe there are pockets of places that can be, uh, warm and safe, but they do diminish as time goes on, as you're yeah. saying, <laughs> give the empire time. Mm-hmm. And that sort of star Wars idea that, well, okay, maybe a small amount of people found somewhere safe for now, but none of us are safe because, 
you know, Palpatine's glowing yellow eyes are casting everywhere. And if it gets out that this is a place for refugees, it's mm-hmm. probably going to get swarmed as the Empire makes more and more places unlivable. And that's going to bring it to the Empire's attention. Yeah. You know, what if one of those artifacts that uh, Fee liberated is something that uh, that Sheev wants for some reason? Mm-hmm. Then you're not, the second the Empire decides you're not safe, you're not safe anymore. Yeah, because I, I, look, I even had um, this little minor thought when the Marauders flying in. Where it's like, and they're all looking up. And I wonder, it's like, how often do ships come and go? Feek seems to come and go. How much do they have a handle on it? Um, so that, that, and this is the beginning of the episode, too, where you have this slight worry of, well, you know, do they see this often? And are they worried of who's coming? So I don't know. So I could, I could see the, the Empire finding it eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So it will be uh, interesting to see as time rolls on. Uh, only other things for me, uh, the creature that is released to attack mm-hmm. Fee, I don't know if it is a Kuhun, a Kuhon, uh, like the creature that attacks Padme and attacks the clones, mm-hmm. but it was very similar and it made me happy. How did you feel about it? Uh, it, it is. I looked it up uh, or I, I think it, it, there's a subtitle that pops up real quick. Um, that is, it screeches or something Ooh. It, it listed as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one little beat. Uh, easy to miss but yeah it is and uh you know what a fun callback there you go attack the cloners that's so great i love that star wars is is big and and wide and varied so like Mm -hmm. hey a lot of different ways to assassinate people but if it is something that people like yeah there's a pretty good way to assassinate people (laughs) i'm glad we saw it more than once yeah 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 absolutely I'm Uh, i'm glad we've never seen one complete its job you know yeah no no absolutely that that would be a tragedy but maybe maybe we'll see that um yeah. Uh, speaking of something that we did see, uh, they love using that Aqualish that has the the blue and green, uh, <laughs> or uh, the blue yeah. and orange uh, outfit uh, mm-hmm. that the original Walrus Man action figure did. I love seeing that Aqualish again. And imagine it's like, is that just Aqualish fashion, or is there one Aqualish who keeps being in the background of the Clone Wars and Bad Batch? I can go both ways with that. I like that it's it was the style at the time, or just you know, <laughs> this guy's got a he travels a lot. It was the style at the time. Any other canon or lore stuff that you noticed? No, I think that was pretty much it for me. Yeah, I liked that there was a, a couple like, oh, wow, we recognize that from here, but also a little bit more of that that uh, bigger picture um, evolution of the Empire kind of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? No, no, I, 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 I it, it, the episode hit me in a good mood and a good way, uh, especially the first viewing. And then this, I had, I had, I'll say this, I say this, I had a thought of like, okay, I, I experienced that episode. I'm, I might be good on it if I'm doing a rewatch, you know, it's like, it's a little quieter. I get it. But then I watched it that second time and I just really like it. It affected me again. And I, I just like uh, what they did with it. The two halves of the episode work so well together. So no, in the end, I don't, I understand again, I'm waiting for some of the, 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 the conversation out there, but I don't, we don't have to gauge with it. There's no point in even me complaining about it i just i just um i just want people to enjoy this episode as much as i did yeah absolutely if people you know didn't enjoy it fair enough that that's just fine if people look at it, every idea in it and still feel like yeah, it's a little slower i want the plot to move faster fair enough i think for me i really valued it because it so explored what the bad batch needs beautiful picture of uh the natural balance of the force in action community making great choices and also just uh it made me feel what the bad batch feels this whole season has made me feel and them going through such darkness us as the audience going through such darkness and then suddenly getting this burst of possibility of you know fulfillment satiation 
exploring romantic feelings. Uh, yeah. Being a kid, it, it felt beautiful to me. Yeah. Uh, a glimpse of a possible future. Yeah. The, I, I will say it isn't uh, disliked. It's a, it's a question. I really like the, the idea of the a connection between uh, tech and fee. Um, I, I think she did give him, you know, she, I think she did nickname him brown eyes in, in entombed, but I would have taken a little bit more setup, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, when record first said you got some competition, it felt a little bit sudden, right? I, I think I would have maybe mm-hmm. liked a little bit of a hint of I'm with you. A, a, a glance from tech at fee or, or asking a question. Um, it was a disconcerting feeling to be like record picked up on something. I didn't, right, 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 right. <laughs> Uh, uh, gave me more respect for Wrecker. Wrecker's really paying attention to body language. <laughs> That's exactly. That's look at it. Yeah, I love it, but I would have taken, you know, they, they've been doing an amazing job of, of setting everything up uh, mm-hmm. and, and paying it off. I, I would have taken a little bit more setup on that. Yeah, that's fair. I'm Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on? Ah, uh, no, no. I think it's all there. Yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, you alluded to it earlier. The only other thing for me that was also a little devastating about this episode is the existence of Pabu. Uh, it made me a little frightened halfway through that that there might only be two seasons of Bad Batch. Mm, um, yeah. The the question for so long has been who are they going to be? Where can they go? Uh, they they kind of had this unsteady alliance with sid but they didn't really like it then the marauder was was home uh but even that can be taken from them who are they going to be where are they going to end up and the the fact that the show you know with only a few episodes left is offering us a place where we could put a bow on the story of the bad batch for now their story isn't over who knows who omega grows up to be you know uh who knows if uh wreckers around a tree on end or who knows right yeah yeah but for now this could be a, a, a happy for now ending. The fact that that's in play at all uh, ha, has made me concerned that there are only two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some other things out there. I, I think um, the answers uh, might come soon. Not, not t- talking about announcement of a, of a show at celebrations, but, but like the, the, the final three episodes, but yeah, I'm with you. I definitely, I want three, four, five seasons. Uh, I'm hopeful, but even just, uh, you know, uh, we haven't the lingering Cody where Cody goes off. Um, hmm. Uh, the fact that Gunji was a one-off, a one-shot, so to speak, that he's not now part of the crew and everything. It's not, it, it just kind of showed me they're not picking up a bunch of all-stars that are going to go fight this part of the rebellion at this point in the timeline. Yet, again, uh, uh, this is open speculation that you and I are, are kind of sharing right here right now, um, that maybe that wasn't the point, right? This is more the point, the thematic journey that this gang is on, this 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 bad batch. It, it might be maybe different than we expected versus... You know, because even Rex and Echo are off, you know, Echo's like made his own decision. He must do what he feels is right, of course. And he's mm-hmm. over there doing, and that's his part of the fight. And and now here. So we'll see. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. I, I, and, I, and I do think that they're, you know, even going back to the first season when they encounter Saw very early on, right? Mm-hmm. And Saw's like, drop everything and fight, right? I, mm-hmm. I understand how the question can be raised or make people feel like this is the story of how the Bad Batch joins the a version of the rebellion or right. A cell that eventually becomes a rebellion. Cause we know the rebellion mm-hmm. doesn't just start right. Mm-hmm. Cells come together is, is the story. Uh, but yeah, you could look at the bad batch and go, is this going to be a story of how this group comes to be an early cell? 
of mm-hmm. the rebellion? Or is this a story about how these uh, individuals, these beings were created for war, created for a purpose, had that purpose uh, taken away from them, exposed as a lie? Mm-hmm. And how do they find peace in this traumatic period? How do they get on their feet so they can be in a place to help people down the line? Mm-hmm. And if it is more that story of surviving the initial trauma of the creation of the empire, then there is a possibility of wrapping up. Yeah. Yeah. We say with a big word, unfortunately over it, but, and again, we're just, you and I had this conversation. I think the the rampart of it all of um, kind of removed from the board and there's no, no follow-up yet. Um, And I know that's some of the stuff people want, right? They want those, give me the answers, the big connection, uh, where we're going with this. And I think sometimes, uh, an episode like Pabu is where we're going. Yeah, See, yeah. In in you know the introduction of of uh, Hemlock in <laughs> yeah, and, and there, there's some potential there. Some potential there. Uh, if oh. you could, yeah, yeah. If you could have a, a figure or merch of any character or idea from this episode, what do you want? I think it's Mister Anta. I wouldn't want to <laughs> mind a, a plush Munio, um, but. I don't know. He's such an interesting little one-shot little character there. Just shows up giggling. Maybe you have one of those old figures where you pull the string and he just giggles. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Uh, I want uh, the Tech and Fee awkward romance two-pack. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. uh, they're in the packs together and they're just uh, their eyes are painted to be looking at one another. Just a little side eye. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or a Muno uh, storm alert system for myself that I can, you know, put outside with those little munoz on it and the wind comes through and like makes a horn noise that would be great too that's awesome love that all right any other thoughts or should we wrap up let's wrap this one up here a lot on the table though yeah so where can people find us hey friends we are at force center pod on twitter we're on instagram as well you can find some reels and shorts and all those good things on our youtube channel as well Follow us there. Subscribe. Uh, figure fights. Uh, we've got uh, like so shorts, essays. You want more in tech? Joseph's got a great essay in tech out there too. Check out our YouTube channel, and you can find us on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We're available in a lot of different spots, podcast wise. Just search, you'll find us. And uh, you can also get merch at tpublic.com/user/force-center, or you can go support us directly at Patreon.com/slash. Center, which includes, uh, well, new merch tables. We've got a new goal uh, set uh, there as well. So uh, head on over there if you'd like to. You can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, KenNapsock.com for more information. And where can they find and follow you, sir? You can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon. Uh, just look for uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, at Joseph Scrimshaw on all those places. If you want to check out uh, some of my short films and comedy stuff, you can go to my YouTube page. Just search for Joseph Scrimshaw as well. Uh, but for now, for myself, for Ken, for the Munoz that let you know a storm is coming, this has been The Bad Batch Report. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.